just one generation, the internet connected people across the globe. And now, slow news days are a thing of the past. It's a lot to keep track of, but WHIP has you covered with local, national, and international stories. Join us for a rational look at a complex world. This is Rational Radio on WHIP. This is Rational Radio on WHIP. That was exactly right. Thank you, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) He's not actually here, but he will be eventually. Um, I'm Amaranth. This is Emily, and we're here on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. It's a Friday. It is a Friday. We were talking at you yesterday. We were. But um, (laughs) did anything interesting happen to you between yesterday and today? Um, I was telling Amaranth earlier that I went to an event and got to take home like $100 worth of free sushi. That's incredible. So I have $100 worth of free sushi sitting in my refrigerator. And it's good sushi. It's not like it's not like the bad sushi because you know what bad sushi tastes like. No, mm-hmm. this was like bougie sushi. So oh. I'm set for the weekend. I'm so excited. <laughs> How was your That's... 24, not even 24 hours. It was what, like I w- 20 I'm hours? I'm trying to think. I think that the only interesting thing that I did is that we decided my friends and i decided to walk to mcdonald's the one by j and h or the one the one on by the, gerard uh, the one by gerard okay at about eleven thirty midnight okay so we walked over there and it's supposed to be open for all hours except for from 4 to 5 a.m but that was the drive-through, and so we couldn't go into the McDonald's. Oh my so instead, we walked across the street to the Checkers, which is open twenty-four hours. I haven't had Checkers in years. That was the only first and only time. Do they use eggs on their fries? I have no idea. Am I crazy for tasting eggs in their fries? I've last time, like I haven't been there in like ten years, <laughs> easily. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was the one and only time that I ever went there, and that was what we did, and I, it was pretty good. Should have gone to the one by J&H. I didn't realize there was one by J&H. <laughs> well, like, the closest one to my house is the one by Gerard, because I live yeah. on the other side of campus. Oh, yeah. so they're Like, I live like, on this street that we're on right now. Yeah. They're both pretty equidistant from where I live. Yeah. yeah. They're about the same distance. Yeah, because you're at the edge, so that's, like, yeah. right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have some news for you today. Some, that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Fridays here are either really, really devastating or, or kind really of, slow. Or yeah. slow or kind of boring. Basically. Um, this story is more infuriating, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want me to introduce it? Yeah, you go for it. Okay. I have to, like, in our talk break, I'm going to have to configure myself so I That's can fine. look at no, this and speak into the microphone. So, <laughs> I've got this a- first story is, I'm sorry, this first story is coming from The Hill. So, GOP Texas lawmaker reintroduces a bill to allow the death penalty for women who have abortions. So state Texas representative Tony Hinderholt, Tinderholt, sorry, um, intru- who's a Republican, reintroduced a bill that would criminalize abortion without exception, meaning women could be convicted of homicide and sentenced to death for having the procedure. This isn't the first time he's introduced a bill. In 2017, Tinderholt was placed under state protection when he first introduced it after receiving death threats. His bill earned a public hearing this week, arguing that his intention was to, quote, guarantee equal protection for life inside and outside the womb. He has previously said that this bill would remove access to abortions and force women to be more personally responsible when it comes to sex. 
though in direct violation of the 1973 landmark decision Roe v. Wade that legalized abortion nationwide, Tinderholt's bill would give authorities the right to enforce its requirements regardless of law enforcement regardless of federal law, executive order, or any court decision. In an interview on Tuesday, Tinderholt stated that he is not specifically criminalizing women. He is simply trying to equalize the law. <laughs> equalize it with whom? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> he stated that drunk drivers who kill pregnant women are often charged twice for murder, so it should be equal for women who get abortions. Not the same thing. It's not the same thing. <laughs> there were 446 witnesses, mostly faith groups and local Republican parties, that registered their approval with the hearing, while 54 people, including business leaders, women's rights ad- activists, and legal experts, spoke against it. Oh, the legal experts think it's a bad idea. Wow. I don't know, man. <laughs> wow, the people who like actually know what they're doing and think this is a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, what I don't. Why would it give the authorities the right to enforce it regardless of federal law? Like, what I'm thinking is this is something that happened in Louisiana not super long ago. Is there was a law that was gonna that's really crazy, and they brought it to the Supreme Court, and then the Supreme Court could either be like, "No, you can't do that." Or I do remember like, that. That was recently. That was when like the last like two years, right? right? And yeah, Texas, yeah, yeah. not another state, did the same thing, and they were and the Supreme Court was like, "No, you can't do that." I think it was like Mississippi or Alabama. Yeah. One of those states. Well, yeah, don't quote us on this. Yeah. But something like that happens. And so, like, when there's a law, then, like, can't you bring it to the Supreme Court or, like, to a court system and be like, I think that this uh, goes against a Supreme Court decision, uh, Roe versus Wade. Yeah. And the thing with, like, a lot of, not all of them, well, a lot of them, a lot of, like, pro-life people is that they're so, their pro-life stance is so limited and restricted in the sense that they literally only care about the fetus that's in the womb but then there many of them are pro death penalty so if someone commits a crime they should be killed for that crime Mm -hmm. it's like that like that's such a like an oxymoron like how are you going to say everyone deserves a chance to live and then be like well no this person deserves to die and then it's really it is a really interesting yeah and then the thing is also like they're so pro-life and like oh this fetus has to be born regardless of whether or not the mother can take care of it but then they they pass no legislation to reform the foster care system there's no legislation to help with adoptions because adoptions are incredibly hard Mm -hmm. to obtain and then they kind of just leave these babies and these children in the dust when they deny these mothers the right to an abortion so it's like how are you going to be pro-life but then the minute like i remember reading i was reading the comments on this article which was a horrible idea on my part but (laughs) Someone said in the comments, it was like, it's only, it's like for them, conception is from, to them, life is literally from conception to birth. And then after that, they don't care anymore, which was such a good point because literally as soon as the baby's born, they stop caring. Like, like the idea of pro-life only matters to them until the minute the baby's born. And they're like, oh, well, that's your responsibility. We're going to cut off welfare funding and make it harder (laughs) for children to be adopted and yeah i mean foster care system all messed up there have been lawmakers like in talks about like a law i think this is alabama where they're like oh we'll make people we'll make young girls who want to get an abortion take a maturity test i did see that and if they're not mature enough we'll make them keep the baby like how are you not gonna be (laughs) mature enough for an abortion but mature enough to, to have a child yeah like the th- and like the thing is, so many of these like candidates, not all of them, so many of these candidates passing these legislations are men, 
who will never be put into the position <laughs> of having to decide whether or not they should get an abortion because they're cis they're <laughs> cis het men who do not have who will not conceive children like they will not be the ones responsible for <laughs> like having an abortion and it's like it's like who are you to put to pass these bills to decide whether what women do with their bodies like it makes me so it makes me so mad because like you're spending all of this energy trying to pass a bill that you yourself will never like you yourself have never been in the position to have an abortion because you're a cishet male and can't so why are you trying so hard to make it harder for people who for people to decide whether or not they should have one it yeah makes, it makes me so mad like i saw this i saw this headline and i literally said i need to calm down because it's gonna make me so angry like it's like the lot like the logic isn't there it's not there no and it's yeah it's very frustrating um i mean it's a frustrating conversation in general i think yeah that just throughout not just throughout this recent news i mean there's been so much that's happened recently uh Mm -hmm. with kavanaugh and um i think that sort of has galvanized i think it's given people like this like oh well he said that like we think that he's gonna overturn roe versus wade yeah and so there's like first of all there's that fear that he's gonna overturn roe versus wade and then on some people's part there's that hope that he's gonna overturn roe versus wade and i think that by having Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court, then that gives people some sort of an incentive to actually try these things because yeah. they feel like there's someone in the court who's on their side. Yeah, I this is a, like not so much about Kavanaugh, but I've I read this tweet. Um, I read this tweet. Um, so don't quote me on this because this is from Twitter. <laughs> but that someone someone like looked into Tinder Holt's like um, marital history he's been married and divorced five times Ooh, so like allegedly allegedly i should put that out there but um the thing is that like it's like it's like the worst people are trying to decide how people should live their lives with their families like yeah you can't even have like a healthy sustainable marriage so why should you decide like how whether or not people should start families like it's incredibly infuriating because so many people here are trying to decide how like trying to decide how people should start their families and how people should have babies and whether or not like they should be ready to have children and it's Mm -hmm. like it's not your place to decide also you're a male and it's not your decision in the end like it's not no and i wish these lawmakers would put that into perspective like you will never be in this position so why are you trying so hard to put your opinion on this something that you'll never be a part of or something you'll never have to go through yeah it's I'm, it's yeah it's tough to like hear stories like these because yeah. it's very frustrating i think for us specifically as women and for people in general i think it's frustrating to hear about things like these and then people actually support it yeah and the thing with abortions is that legal making abortions illegal doesn't stop them from happening it just makes it more likely that they'll happen in an unsafe and dangerous manner yeah so it's not doing anything yeah Okay, real quick, we're going to move on to one more story in this talk break, and then we're going to come back. Tony just came in, so he's going to be back in the second break with us. Um, 
Twice as many companies are paying zero taxes under the Trump tax plan. It's another kind of frustrating news story. This is coming from NBC News. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act lowered the corporate tax rate from 35 to 21 percent. The number of companies paying no taxes jumped from 30 to 60 because of it. At least 60 companies, including Amazon, Netflix, Chevron, and Deere and Co., reported that their 2016 federal tax rates. 2018, amount, sorry. Oh, sorry, 2018. No, that was me, I think. I just <laughs> said that. Amount to nearly zero or even less than zero on income earned on U.S. operations. The ITEO report stated that, quote, instead of paying $16.4 billion in taxes, as the new 21% corporate tax rate requires, these companies enjoyed a new co- corporate tax rebate of $4.3 billion following a $20.7 billion hole in the federal budget last Last year, end quote. This means that companies got away with paying no taxes, plus received money from the government in return. Corporations don't get refund checks like individuals do. Instead, they calculate how much they owe by rolling up deductions and tax credits under the bill is until the bill is as low as possible or until it's virtually nothing or requires a rebate from the government. Companies in the past have been able to work around the 35% rate, but the now 21% tax cut allows these companies to pay $0 in taxes with little consequences. <sighs> <laughs> this is probably something we're going to have to discuss more in depth Yeah, once the talk break is over. Yeah, we might, bring, we might talk more about this in a couple minutes. But, yeah. I mean, in general, what, what are you feeling right now about this, Emily? frustrated angry (laughs) these billion dollar corporations are getting away with not paying taxes and instead having the government pay them like it is like how that's like i don't understand how that's benefiting like the everyday person because instead our money is basically going towards paying these governments the money that they're not paying the government to begin with i mean corporations they have a lot of rights um according to the government so Mm -hmm. not only are they able to do something like this and pay as little money as possible but they also like if you were to try and like fight them or like uh request like an irs tax recall or whatever Mm -hmm. if you were to try to fight them they under the they under the law they have the same rights as ordinary people yeah which is really kind of crazy you know like you can um like they have the right to freedom of speech, which is how a lot of them get away with certain marketing campaigns, and Thanks. like yeah, capitalism. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy um, what these corporations are able to do and what they've been able to do throughout centuries, but just by you know um, funding, funding the funding uh, people's campaigns so that they can have their own interests shown in the government and have and set court precedent. Mm-hmm in in their favor um and it is frustrating to see you know oh look their federal tax rates are zero (laughs) goodness (laughs) yeah and yeah it's not a it's an it's a frustrating situation there's lots of frustrating situations today uh welcome to the news department (laughs) (laughs) um we're going to go on to our next break for now, and then we're going to come back, and we might talk more about this, and we're going to talk about um, the WikiLeaks founder who was arrested. That's fun. Uh, so we'll see you in a couple minutes, and uh, keep it locked.
And we are back on Rational Radio on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. My name is Amaranth. With me is Emily. And now Tony's here, too. Um, Tony, do you have anything to say about the gover- the corporations that aren't paying taxes? Oh, is that what we talked about? That's we what we were just like talking about. If you want to add end. anything, go for it. Uh, Otherwise, we'll move on to Julian Assange. Besides that, like... <laughs> it is one of the many things in this week's <laughs> crackdown that, like has seriously increased my blood pressure <laughs> um no really because like it's in in the news people love to people love to complain about about poor people gaming the system about democrats and republicans and all these different like you know individuals that are gaming the system and, and that all matters it does but when you look at the sheer numbers yep. of like the 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 tax that these corporations are not paying in we're talking like tens of billions of dollars of revenue that the U.S. government is just not picking up. It makes all the complaints about the cost of some of these investigations going on right now. It makes complaints about the cost of, of just all kinds of things that people have been complaining about. Mm-hmm. It, it just it completely takes all the, all the wind out of all of that because we've got massive, massive, massive corporations that are just that are paying less income tax than... I don't want to say less than I do, actually, because I don't know that I make enough to to pay any income tax. Oh, they're paying less than I do. But, like... (laughs) I had to pay income tax to Pennsylvania for some reason. Oh, that's true. Although I think that they... I don't know if any of this was about state income tax. Yeah, but I'm going to pretend. Federally, though. together. And that's the thing. Like, I don't (laughs) even... And and that's, that's kind of it. Like, there's no... These companies are so large. They're making so much profit to begin with. And if anything, the government's paying them. Like, they get, like, the government pays, like, well, that's, after they do their whole deduction thing, in the end, they can somehow convince the government to pay them 4.6. Overall, they got, yeah. Yeah, $4.6 billion. Yep, in rebates. And it, uh, like, again, it, it, it blows my mind because, again, so many Americans are paying consistently, like, more Taxes mm-hmm. than they expect to. I know this past season was weird because a lot of things changed. Um, some people got less back in their rebates, but they paid less in the first place. But all that stuff just pales in comparison to yeah. these companies not paying um, their their income taxes. It just, I don't know, it, it, it leaves me speechless. That's actually what is written <laughs> into, the, into the crackdown script. That, that story ends with me just saying I'm speechless. Um, I actually am in the process of planning a special, which may or may not be my uh, poli-sci capstone, which gets into um, some things about, like, liberty and representation and how cool. money influences that in an empirical way. Are we working on this special, or is it just No, you? It's, it's, it, is, it is just me. This is the thing I'm going to be pulling my hair out over over the next couple of uh We'll try to make the crackdowns easier on you then. Oh, thank we'll see. <laughs> thank <though. you. laughs> um, but one of the one of the big things when you look at like big aggregate data across the, the country, um, these lower taxes make zero sense because corporate profits are at an all time high in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. Um, these companies are making money hand over fist. Um, and it's not really going to their employees. It's being used largely for stock buybacks right now. Um, and for reference, what those are, these companies are owned by um, by shareholders, by mm-hmm. groups of people. Uh, and what a company can do when it's doing well financially is it can quite literally buy back chunks of itself to sort of consolidate things. Um, and companies are doing that instead of like paying their workers more and stuff like that. It's mm. and then the, and then these 
the taxes come along and it's just whew, my blood pressure. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I missed the start of that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to the next story then. This is another super big one. You guys have to tell me if I'm pronouncing his last name right because I keep thinking that I'm not. Ooh, I, I honestly have no too. idea how to pronounce it. <laughs> so. Okay, so. Ooh, it's just Assange. Is it Assange? I've been saying Assange. Uh, <laughs> Julian Orange. <laughs> we're gonna call him Julian. Okay. First name basis with this dude. I'm ready for it. Um, uh, Julian, you may know him as the WikiLeaks co-founder who was arrested in London. We know him as Julian here. <laughs> um, he was arrested at the Ecuadorian embassy in London yesterday morning. He originally took refuge in the embassy way back in 2012 to avoid extradition to Sweden over a sexual assault case that has since been dropped. He was found guilty of failing to surrender to court, but also faces U.S. federal conspiracy charges related to one of the largest ever leaks of government secrets. The U.K. will have to decide whether to extradite Julian after (laughs) the United States Department of Justice claimed that he conspired with Chelsea Manning, former U.S. intelligence analyst, to download classified databases and leak them to the public. He faces up to five years in U.S. prison if he's convicted on the charges of conspiracy to commit computer intrusion. Julian's lawyer said that his extradition would set a, quote, dangerous precedent where any journalist could face U.S. charges for publishing truthful information about the United States. The Australian native originally set up WikiLeaks in 2006 to obtain and publish confidential documents and images. The organization made headlines in 2010 after it released footage of U.S. soldiers killing civilians from a helicopter in Iraq. Chelsea Manning was recently jailed for refusing to testify about WikiLeaks' role in the leak involving 700,000 Seven, yeah, 700,000 pieces of confidential information that originally got harassed in 2010. Again, the DOJ believed they were conspiring together. That's the Department of Justice. We have nicknames for them, too. <laughs> While the Ecuadorian embassy in London had been keeping him safe from Swedish officials, Ecuadorian officials said that the country had, quote, reached its limit on the behavior of Julian, with the most recent incident occurring after WikiLeaks leaked Vatican documents. He was also said to have accessed classified documents in the embassy and blocked security cameras. UK officials have mixed reactions to his arrest, with Theresa May stating that, quote, no one goes above the law, and the U- in the UK and Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt agreeing. Labour leader Jeremy, Jeremy Corbyn, however, mentioned that Julian revealed, quote, evidence of atrocities in Iraq and Afghanistan, and that this British government should oppose his extradition. Ah. Woo! I think it's okay. One thing that I do want to comment on, I think it's kind of funny. Like, he was hanging, like, the Ecuadorian embassy was keeping him safe, and he was like, I'm going to block your security cameras, guys. Yeah. Like, he, like, refused to let security guards into doors as well. He totally bit the hand that fed him. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What a weirdo. (laughs) This whole situation is weird in so many ways. I know there have been. I don't want to just say uh, rumors. To some extent, there's been um, intelligence to suggest, and I, I I don't have this in front of me right now, so I don't want to make a hard stance on um, on how certain we are of this. Um, that WikiLeaks has been compromised by the Russian government. Um, oh yeah. Just because it's one of the, it's driving. 
it's 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 hard to say because it's released a lot of stuff that is legit, mm-hmm. um, but it's also driving a fair amount of like conspiracy stuff. It's been sort of selective in its leaks and when it leaks them, which is which is weird. It actually used to have. Oh, I'm not familiar enough with it to get into it, so I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but like they they. There's been some sketchy stuff with WikiLeaks recently. Additionally, the argument that extraditing him would set a bad precedent, I'm not sure that what he's in trouble for is leaking this stuff to the press. I'm pretty sure it's the hacking part. Yeah, the, the, it's the, definitely <laughs> like the conspiracy to like hack into the system and steal passwords. Not really like the giving information. Say, like If you're a journalist and a, a hacker passes you, a criminal passes you some, some news... And you didn't pay them to do it, you can publish that. That's legal. I, I, I'm like but, 95. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure you can do that. Um, if you pay, if you are like, hey, are you, you a hacker? Them, if you're a I'm part of the pay conspiracy, you money to hack yeah. this and then give me the information. Like, you can't do that. That's illegal. Um, you can't be the hacker. No. Like you can't. Like this is. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think Assange um, has a has a leg to stand on here. Um, because he's not, he didn't just leak the, uh, WikiLeaks wasn't just behind like the DNC email leak. It wasn't just behind, you know, one or two of these kind of big Mm -hmm. deal things. It's been leaking stuff left and right for years now. Um, speaking of though, (laughs) speaking of how like it's got a bit of a history and it's been weird. The president's reaction to this is what. I mean, I don't know what his reaction should be, but his response when this happened was um, no comment. Not not no comment. It was something along the lines of, I have no opinion. I have no opinion. Um, That's so, he has an opinion on I everything. I have no thoughts. <laughs> well, no, here's what makes it weird. Um, this dude is is arguably a, uh, a criminal. He's at the center of a lot of like Department of Justice stuff right mm-hmm. now. The U.S. government has been trying to get him back for years. During the president's campaign. Oh, yeah. He said, I know he, nothing about WikiLeaks. <laughs> he, oh, he said that? He said, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. That's a lie. That yeah, is okay, a this straight... Is coming from- Time.com, by All the right, way. Can you verify? Because if that's what he said, then that is a straight-up lie. Yeah, you probably have to, like, it's probably on Twitter um, somewhere. All right, I say it, because here's the thing. During the president's campaign, he frequently hyped up WikiLeaks. He mentioned it. I was looking at a... Um, at a tally earlier today, no fewer than 141 times Jesus. on the campaign trail. Um, because at the time, WikiLeaks was leaking like DNC dirt slowly. Um, and so we would hype it up. In fact, yeah. that's like kind of the center of all the controversy with the Russian involvement and all that stuff. He was hyping it up during his campaign. Yeah, I have a quote from President <laughs> Trump here at the White right. House following Assange arrest. He said, quote, it's not my thing. I know there is something having to do with Julian Assange. I've been seeing what's happened with Assange, and that will be a determination, I would imagine, mostly by the attorney general, who's doing an excellent job. So he'll be making a determination. I know nothing really about him. It's not my deal in life. What? That's a lie. That last part is a straight up lie. Oh, and I have quotes from him during his campaign. WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks. (laughs) that he said in Pennsylvania during his 2016 (laughs) campaign. In Michigan, he said, this WikiLeaks is like a treasure trove. And then in Ohio, he said, 
boy, I love reading WikiLeaks. He's not even trying anymore. Like, he's not even doing the usual politician thing where it's like a half-truth. They say a little bit and hold back on the other stuff. Uh, no, he's just straight up saying that he's like not familiar with this, even though it was like <laughs> it was no a cornerstone of his campaign. Not half of his campaign. Not even like, oh, my goodness. Oh, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's just... <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to put... I mean, because he could have just said nothing. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have to say, I don't know what that is, and just straight and up like, lie. And we should specify, he's not... I don't I don't think he's outright denying knowing anything about no, WikiLeaks. But, he's but even to this... imply, like, even to imply that he's not familiar with it is a lie. Yeah. yeah. To imply that he's, like, that he's not sure and he's kind of in the he's dark... basically just playing dumb. Is a lie. <laughs> I mean, he's not only the president of the United States, which means that he is in charge of the Department of Justice, mm-hmm. um, but this is also something that he cited frequently in his campaign. He would have been better off making no statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mr. Trump, I'm sorry, but not, yeah, that wasn't really the best move. And yeah, his, that's, that's such a weird reaction. That's such a weird thing for him to say. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, we're going to move on to one more story. Well, ugh, we only have two minutes left, but maybe we'll just say the headline and then talk about the headline for two minutes. I don't know if we have enough time to do the whole thing. Uh, Trump says that he is considering releasing migrants migrants into sanctuary cities. That's from the New York Times. Um, you might Philadelphia, actually, is one of those sanctu- sanctuary cities. Yeah, we were talking cities. about that last night. We were talking about that, that last night in relation to the Philadelphia municipal IDs, which are pretty cool. And so um, what, he's considering releasing uh, migrants to sanctuary series. He said he was open to the idea of it. Not exactly like, oh, I'm really thinking about doing this. But... Um, he did think he thinks that the ideas should make that it should make liberals happy because of the immigration policies. Okay. He's he basically said it to get back at quote unquote liberals just to like, oh, you won't help me fund my wall. Well, I'm going to put hundreds of thousands of migrants into your very democratic cities. That's essentially. Oh, wow. Well, thanks. Like <laughs> <laughs> He's cuz his whole stance is like, "Oh, well, if I do that now, you're going to agree to build the wall it's like no that's not See, going that's to not that's not how it works because at that point the problem comes from the fact that the u.s government is specifically funneling people into specific cities like yeah. all right okay, we'll no, talk no. about uh, it on the we're other gonna side. come back yeah we're gonna come back and talk about that uh just a little bit and then we're gonna talk about uh michael avenatti that's fun one um so we will see you very soon and uh keep it locked yeah don't text and drive, guys. We're back on Rational Radio on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. My name is Amaranth. With me is Tony and Emily. And uh, we were just talking about how um, President Trump is open the idea of releasing migrants in sanctuary cities. This is coming from the New York Times. President Trump said earlier this afternoon that he's open to the idea of releasing migrants detained at the border into mostly Democratic sanctuary cities, thinking that the ideas should make liberals happy because of their immigration policy. This came a day after his administration said that the policy was never actually considered, but Trump turned around on the idea when he went on his 
his Twitter account and suggested that Democrats should work with the administration to welcome migrants into their districts. Of course, Democrats were against the idea, saying that Trump's plan of releasing migrants into enemy cities would only further divide the nation. For reference, sanctuary cities do not strictly adhere to federal immigration law. Sanctuary cities across America include Boston, Philadelphia, San Francisco, San Diego, and other prominent counties. Trump's plan would put migrants into these Democratic sanctuary cities. Wait, why are they enemy cities? Because they're Democrats. Because they're Democratic cities. Wait, who are they? So they're Trump's enemies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> so like, it was like quote enemy cities. It was like I think it was um, a senator from Massachusetts that said it. Oh. He said that um. He Trump was like, "You're putting you're okay." Putting migrants into his enemy cities doesn't do anything besides like make the situation worse. And this is just so. It's like we're coming at this from two completely different places. Yeah. Sanctuary cities, like there are argue, there are really valid arguments to be made against sanctuary mm-hmm. cities. First and, and foremost, they are actively not cooperating with certain parts of our government, and there are reasons to not be a fan of that. That doesn't set the best precedent. That being said, sanctuary cities do what they do largely because... Um, frequently the people who run them, oftentimes the electorates, disagree with how immigrant crime is handled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they disagree with how people are rounded up and deported in many um, situations. They frequently disagree with how people are treated in these situations. Um, oftentimes people don't know their rights. People are told things about like warrants that don't exist. It's We could have a whole show about the pros and cons of this stuff, but the, the point is it's a complicated issue. Right. The president is talking about taking migrants at the border as a border experiences a, um, a, a crisis. It's gotten worse since um, when we've talked about it earlier, the number of migrants coming from a lot of these um, conflicts down south. It's I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do know it has increased. Um, we're essentially talking about taking refugees and just dumping them into cities. And that would be again like that's a completely different area of of concern like we're talking about refugees versus like general immigration policy that would just be a weird childish move trying to use human beings as ammunition to prove a point um i i don't really get it yeah it's it's a it's a confusing sort of thing idea um, and I'm not sure if it's going to, I, I mean, I don't think that it's going to happen, first of all. And if it does happen, I don't think it would really help any sort of situation. Yeah, a lot of federal agencies and authorities were against this idea. Because they, someone said that it was an idea, but that the White House was like very against it. And then they, that they never considered it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like they never seriously thought about doing it. But then earlier, Trump was like, oh, well, I'd consider it. I'm open to the idea. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> like, and, of course, it's, it's also not going to work because, again, any, like any attempts to – I'm not a legal expert, but I don't see any way – It's not going to happen. <laughs> you could – yeah. It's, it's also expensive. Like, you'd be taking people from the border down south and taking them to cities like Boston, places up in Vermont, Philadelphia. We're not Philadelphia, near the border. <laughs> Northern California, a lot of Washington State as well. Mm-hmm. That's expensive. Yeah. We're not very close to the border at all here. Yeah. Um, 
Speaking of being legal experts, (laughs) (laughs) that's great segue. My segue. Um, Attorney Michael Avenatti has been indicted on 36 federal charges. Uh, We got this one from BuzzFeed News. High-profile attorney Michael Avenatti was indicted on 36 counts of fraud, tax offenses, and other financial crimes in addition to federal wire fraud and extortion charges that could have him facing up to 335 years in prison. Central District of California U.S. Attorney's Office said that the, U- that the arrest came from four areas of wrongdoing. First was the embezzlement of millions of dollars that should have been paid to clients. The second was the failure to file income tax returns and failure to pay the IRS millions of dollars in taxes. The third was the submission of fraudulent loan applications that included tax returns never filed with the IRS. And the fourth was the concealment of assets from the bankruptcy court. The lawyer is best known for representing Stormy Daniels, the adult film star who claimed to have had sexual relations with Donald Trump. He also represented represented Julie Swetnick, who accused the Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct. He was a constant cable news fixture that openly called out the president and his administration. One of the charges includes Avenatti stealing millions of dollars from Jeffrey Ernest Johnson, a client with a mental illness and paraplegia. Johnson received a $4 million settlement in 2015 that Avenatti is accused of concealing from him for years. He allegedly used the settlement to fund a personal business, which was a coffee shop, while other settlements were used to purchase an airplane. Avenatti claims his innocence and is currently free on $300,000 bail. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, so first of all, um, he could go to jail for the rest of his life. Well, Not yeah. Even the uh, rest of his life, maximum, like six others, yeah. <laughs> so if he's charged on every single one of the counts, that's 37 counts, I think, that he's at. Like, 36 that he was indicted on now, plus one other. There's, like, two more. Two or three more in New York. Yeah. Then he could see his maximum amount, if he's charged on every single one, is 335 years in prison. It's unlikely that he's going to be charged on all of them, and certainly not for the maximum amount, so he probably won't actually get 335 years in prison. But he's going to get a lot of time if he is charged. Which, and 335, like, that's a lot. And it's because there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff against this guy. I mean, probably the biggest and the most newsworthy one is stealing from a paraplegic Mm -hmm. with a mental illness and then using that money he used it it so the article from buzzfeed says that he used it to fund a a, his own business but i was you know reporting on it last night for the crackdown and he used it to open a coffee shop my goodness like (laughs) i don't this dude wanted to run for president yeah, yeah, and he spent all of 2017 and 2018 talking about Trump's like financial situations and how he handled his business and mm-hmm. his business transactions with Stormy Daniels and how Michael Cohen was paying people to keep quiet and how Trump wasn't showing his taxes and it's like you're just going to turn around and do the same thing. Right. Oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah, and he was going to he said he would I think it was like August or September, he mentioned something about running for president, and then December, he was like, oh, I'm not going to run. I think I've even seen speculation that a lot of these investigations into him have been in some way, shape, or form triggered, increased in intensity, etc., because of his publicity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. public statements of interest. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't know what he expected. And this this goes for him. This goes for other people who are running for office and now like getting in trouble for things. Like when when you run for office, you put a target on your back. Yeah, a huge one. And if you've committed tax fraud or stolen money from people, well, people are gonna find out, man. You're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna keep that under the radar for forever. Yeah, and yeah, he failed to file his money. He embezzled money from his clients. So that's kind of that kind of sucks. Like to pay like a celebrity lawyer like mil like tons of money to to uh, to represent you and then to win and then never see any of the settlement money or any of the money that you receive from mm -hmm. his representation and he just like takes it from you. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, it just. Like, like I said, the thing that stuck out to me was the fact that he spent so long, like, calling out the administration. And obviously, the administration, like, should have been called out for their business mm -hmm. transactions. But how are you going to sit on national TV every day for, like, a year and a half calling out the president and then get arrested, like, two or three months later on similar charges because you weren't paying your taxes, you weren't filing for, you weren't filing your taxes? It really makes me curious if there's like any psychological angle to this because I feel like this keeps happening in our politics yeah where people will call people out for one thing and then get caught like the next day doing the same thing yeah. um I know a totally so this is a, a different example but this is quite literally the last time I had this thought and it was when we were talking about Joe Biden last week mm -hmm. um where again very similar thing he hasn't been accused of to, to my knowledge, nothing has changed. He hasn't been accused of, like, sexual assault or anything like no, that. No, no, no. But, again, he was accused of making people uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And it was brushed off by tons and tons and tons of people who claim to take this stuff very seriously. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um. So I think I could maybe bring in a little bit of a psychological term here. Um, confirmation bias. Listen to that. That's a very fancy word. And basically, it's when we see ourselves as our own identity. We want to protect our own identity and we want to protect our own concept of our own of our integrity. So when somebody sees someone doing the same thing as you, you can like people will be like, oh, they're doing something wrong, but then justify it to themselves as in like, well, I'm doing it for this reason or like I'm not doing it's not as bad for me to do it as it is for them to do it because I have good things in my heart and it's like this concept where we're like trying to justify to ourselves that we're the good people that we think that we are while at the same time taking down other people who are um, doing the exact same thing but we don't have that same justification for them mm -hmm. and then um, I do think that party lines also come into account here too yeah. like this bipartisanship of like us and us versus them so even though we're doing the same things the other side is doing it to fund evil we're yeah. doing it to fund good yeah it's and the worst part is that no matter why you're doing it it erodes people's confidence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in these figures and that's the thing that i i don't know when or how our government is going to learn it um because i really do think that is a problem everywhere in our government and i it, it sucks because i don't really know what a, what a good solution is because if those actions if that kind of strategy is what gets you results if that's how you win then all of the winners 
are going to be people who do stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's systematic. Our government is so big. It has so many people involved. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think that um, that a lot of these problems are are deeply systematic. It's not mm-hmm. limited to just individuals. Yeah. Um, which is probably stating the obvious. For yeah. I mean, <laughs> the fact that you can do it, that it's possible to do it, and be, and then keep on moving forward with your life. I mean, at least, like, at least there have been some, like, people have been asking for justice for things like these. Like, there are people asking for President Trump's tax returns. They're asking, this man is in trouble here, Avenatti. He's going to go to court for this. But, like, that doesn't mean that there's not many other people or, well, more not exactly many because there's not very many super rich people, <laughs> but there's several other people who are probably doing the same thing and are not getting any kind of consequences for it. And it's unlikely that he's even going to receive the full amount of consequences for doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, on an unrelated note, I just got a notification. Um, the U.S. Secret <laughs> Service just tweeted that a male subject operating an electric wheelchair-type scooter lit his jacket on fire while sitting along Pennsylvania Avenue <laughs> outside the North Fence Line. So, like, outside was it the White House. On him? He was, like, wearing while a jacket wearing and he lit himself on fire outside the White House. Did on an electric die? scooter? He was, like, on a scooter. Let me... It's, um, Is he alive? Is there a- he's fine. He's um, fine. Yeah, okay. according to the Secret Service, a man was removed from the White House lawn after setting fire to his jacket. NBC News also reported that a suspicious package was found near the man who was being treated for injuries. No one else was harmed. Okay. Well, <laughs> we have to go now. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw that uh, and I thought I should mention it. That was a fun one to end on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah. As always, check out the crackdown. We work super hard on it. You can find it at WHIP Radio on YouTube. That's going to come out Sunday, mm-hmm. sometime in between, like maybe four p.m. and eleven thirty p.m. Yeah, some <laughs> somewhere somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Um, you can also listen to our podcast. Maybe not. Mm, maybe. It's not working super great it's, right now. I mean, today's should be good. We've been having there. We've been having some uh, some technical difficulties behind yeah. the scenes, but. But yeah, and we're gonna leave, and you can listen to our <laughs> other shows and. Uh, We're going to see you soon and have a good night, everybody.